0: Welcome to First Turn, where we play board games for the first time and discuss our immediate reactions. It's like book club, but for board games. I'm Kiwi, and with me is a BP. Hi! This week we're playing Moonbase by Nayotaka Shimamoto, who also did Tokyo Highway and Crash Octopus, and the artist was Yoshiaki Tomioka, who also did Tokyo Highway and Crash Octopus. It was published in 2019 by Itten Games, which may come as a shock, but they also published Tokyo Highway and Crash Octopus, plus a bunch of other games. But uh, those are the only two uh, that we've played. The description. The year is 20XX. More than half a century has passed since mankind landed on the moon under the Apollo program, and countries around the world have finally established a cooperative system and launched the Moon Base project. (laughs) With the construction of a six-year lunar base using a mobile research building and stacking ring modules just around the corner, the developers are taking control of the project and starting preparations. The mechanics are area-majority influence. And the box art...
1: Uh, it's a small square, really almost, well, maybe more rectangular, but almost squarish uh, box, obviously, with a, what looks like supposed to be the moon, but lots of little gray splashes and then some rings on the side.
0: Well, I think those are our craters. Okay. Yeah. So it's a it's, it's definitely a full moon because it's very bright. Mm.
1: Well, it's like a space view, though. So, I mean, you got, this is the view from space, right? or
0: earth who knows who yes indeed who knows where we're, t- we're viewing this from yeah and then it just says moon base and the the o's are kind of interlocked with a silver and gold ring over the top and then the classic uh, spirally itten logo mm-hmm. so based on the box art and the description would you pick this up no that's fair uh, I know you're not into sci-fi. I don't know if this I is meant sci-fi. I'm into sci-fi. Like but
1: s- the science game, yeah, the space games, I think if you are a regular listener, you know that those are not my favorite.
0: Yeah. Um, so I got this when I backed the Crash Octopus. Mm-hmm. This is kind of a, a twofer that came together and we're just now getting to this one. Um, I think, based on the box art, and I'm not sure I would pick it up. The description sounds interesting, but I'm more into space than you are. But the fact that, We've played Tokyo Highway and Crash Octopus. We both Mm -hmm. really enjoyed both of them. I have a feeling, though, based on the description and the game mechanics, that it's not going to be the dexterity based of Tokyo Highway and Crash Octopus, which I think is the part we enjoyed most about those games. I think I would say yes. Okay. And you would say no, right? That is what I said. All right. So how do you think it's played with it? Uh, displayed in front of you.
1: Yes, we have a square board with four quadrants. That may just be how it had been folded, but Mm -hmm. definitely with craters. Uh, So that's the moon in the square. We've got some of those rings. And so I think in the description, you said something about we're going to be... So I'm I'm assuming the moon base, there has to be rings involved. I'm Mm -hmm. not really sure why. Uh, You said majority control. So I guess we're trying to take over the dark side of the moon?
0: Or the light side. Who knows? Okay. The way it's displayed here on the board, we have a light side and a dark side. Right. You want to take over the whole moon.
1: Although it said uh, people were being cooperative. So I'm not really sure why we would want to be
0: competing. Well, I think in the description, it was just the countries were being cooperative. Right. But maybe we're competing developers.
1: Mm, so like SpaceX versus Virgin.
0: Right. Okay. Or Boeing, because I think they're getting into it as well. Oh, are they? Mm-hmm.
1: Mm, I don't know how I'd feel about that with all their other crashes going on.
0: Yeah. And a little peek behind the curtain, Artemis 1 was making its second attempt at launch today and had a fuel leak. And so <laughs> I don't think until sometime in late September is when their next attempt will be. Mm. So, and that will be the largest rocket ever launched by man. And also... It's a moon trip. A moon trip. Yep. Come back to the moon. Un-
1: unmanned moon trip right yep. now. Just
0: to make sure we can do it. Mm-hmm.
1: Again. So, so I'm yeah. guessing we're going to use these rings to cover up the moon.
0: Right. Because capitalism.
1: Okay. Okay. There we go.
0: So the history of uh, capitalism on the moon.
1: So, like, I think we've done, like, capitalism Apollo. Capitalism on
0: the moon? <laughs> I don't think we have.
1: Right. Um, I'm pretty sure we've talked about Apollo 11 before. At least like some of the space race stuff.
0: Uh, definitely during uh, leaving Earth, I think mm-hmm. we definitely talk some of the space space race stuff.
1: So instead. I went with uh, the moon being made out of cheese. Oh, OK. Mm-hmm. You thought that was a joke. And then I was like, I am curious how old that idea is. Mm-hmm. Um, pretty old, by the way. But um it's a folkloric motif that crops up in a bunch of stories. However, it's not as if mankind ever believed that
0: the moon was made of cheese. No. Past humans were real dumb.
1: No. It's like that flat earth pe- like myth that people thought the earth was flat. Like, no, humans have never thought the earth was flat. If you look at as early as Aristotle, who had the concept of right, uh, Plato and Aristotle from ancient Greek, pretty much had a sphere for the Earth. They just didn't realize there was a whole other continent in the middle. Mm. Yeah, so they just had some miscalculations. People did not believe it was. I mean, you there's no way you could be sailing and think that it, you're going to f- fall off, like you can see the curve right when you're on a boat i'm assuming you can i've never been out that far i've read about it
0: well yeah i think at sea level the farthest you can see on a clear day is 26 nautical miles because then that's where the curve of the earth everything goes below it Uh, but as you increase in altitude obviously you can see much further than 26 nautical miles but at sea level
1: so anyway so um again uh it, it was popular in pop culture and fiction and folklore but Humans never actually really believed that.
0: Um, I don't believe that there were people that didn't believe that. I bet there were, just like the people who take uh, well you bubble, said, bubble levels on airplanes to prove the Earth is flat.
1: You, 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 I mean, you have told me that people still think the Earth is flat.
0: Oh yeah, there's a whole society of idiot. I mean, people <laughs> that think the Earth is flat. We just lost all our flat. Yeah, earthers. all our flat earthers. <laughs> Which you know what. Good riddance. (laughs) That's what I say.
1: Um, So anyway, like it's super fascinating because this idea of the moon being made out of uh, cheese or that, uh, and part of that is because of the reflection of the moon on water or being able to eat the moon and (laughs) it disappears.
0: Hold on. on. The reflection of the moon on water made people think that it was made of cheese. So only cheese reflects on water? (laughs)
1: Well, cause like then you would like see it and you could possibly get to it. Okay.
0: Um. i humans are dumb.
1: Well, because that's how the metaphor goes, right? Okay. Is that somebody saw the moon reflected, thought that it was cheese and then was going to get to it to eat it. Okay. And then usually they end up dying.
0: <laughs> yeah. Okay. I can see that.
1: Um, but, because these are all like folklore. So and, like, and you know
0: what I say? Good. Riddance. Well,
1: except that most of these were folklore and they were usually animals that were doing this. You okay. know, like the fox always like
0: outwits everybody and gets them, you right. know. Well, now we're now we now we've gone sad.
1: <laughs> um so there's yeah, there's like kind of this medieval European like all over Europe has like a variety of tales of the fox leading the wolf to believe the moon reflection is cheese and so that the wolf is going to try to drink up the water and get at the cheese obviously the wolf does not make it. Naturally. Um, there's a Zulu tradition in very similar manner about a hyena trying to get at uh, the moon. Okay. Um, and again, like just trope after trope of right people with all these varieties of animals trying to get at the moon that is made up of cheese. Um which I find fascinating. And of course, so have humans, because, again, as early as ancient Greeks um, and Romans, they've been writing about uh, various fictional ideas about the moon uh, and the moon uh as a concept and right, the moon, like looking down, uh, that one of the earliest films in 1902 about the voyage to the moon, ah, the yeah. man in the moon. Yeah. Right. Yeah.
0: They lost it for a while. Then they found like a portion of it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It was a big deal. Yeah. Because it was one of the first,
0: mm-hmm. yeah. That's got the classic picture with the moon that has the big rocket ship in its eye. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Um. Anyway. Uh, so yeah, I mean, it's, Really, we have a lot of sources from the 17th century on with uh, the fiction of the moon, life on the moon, moon landings, colonization of the moon ideas, yada, yada, yada. And now we have a moon based game that we are going to further fictional fictionalize what the moon is made of and how we're going to get to it. And this time, apparently, we're going to take the good old human quality of capitalism with us.
0: Indeed, because what better quality that humans have than capitalism? Mm-hmm. Okay, so the game lasts over six rounds. We with... just lost all our capitalists. Yeah, all our <laughs> capitalists are going out too. So lost... <laughs> who do who, who we lose today? We lost Flat Earthers and we lost capitalists today. Yep. All right, so the game lasts over six rounds with each player drafting and placing ring modules on craters and previously placed modules to create their lunar settlements. The players then decide uh, who goes first in whichever way they like. Which honestly, it's a little refreshing from just randomly decide because at least it opens it up, but it's still lazy. So
1: I saw the moon most recently.
0: That's probably a good one. Okay, uh, I don't think I thought of that one, but that's probably the best one. Hmm. Uh, so person who's been the closest to the moon, I feel like that one's hard to figure out because if you've been on an airplane, you don't really yeah. know what else you've been at. Um, person who's been to the highest elevation because then like you've been like not in a plane. Oh. Uh, so thus, you've been closest to the moon, but I did feel like there's some Pythagorean theorem stuff in there. Uh, last to look at the moon, so I did I mm-hmm. did actually think of that okay. one. Uh, that one's probably the easiest to figure out, and then the first player gets the Earth marker, so we'll say that BP gets to go first, uh, and the second player gets to choose which color they're going to be, and they get to place the research module on a large crater. Uh, it does say arbitrarily place, so we're just okay. going to... Uh, put it out so we have three different color rings we have silver gold and blue so the silver and the gold will belong to one of the teams okay. one of the one of the players so with me going second i get to choose whether or not i want to be silver or gold and then the blue rings are neutral okay yep uh, so i'm gonna i'm gonna be uh gold okay um so each round is made up of one to three phases. So in the first phase, in player order, players will draft two large rings and two small rings. And you're gonna pick one of the stacks and you're gonna take the top two from that stack. They don't have to be your color, you just pick a stack and those are the two that you, you pick. Okay. So we have four stacks of uh, six large and four stacks of six small ring modules. Kay. So that is the first phase. Uh, then we're going to place our ring module. So in order, players will pick one of their four rings and place them on the moon. So you have kind of two ways that you can place them. Uh, You can place them, uh, your ring on a crater and the size of the ring has to match all the craters. So the craters Mm. we have here on the board game, they will are the board, uh, the board, uh, (laughs) the game board, the game board. There you go. Uh, All of the craters are the same exact size as the two specific modules. Okay. So, Uh, There may not be any overlapping modules on a crater already. So some of the craters overlap with each other. So if a previously placed uh, module would overlap Uh with another crater, you can't then place on that new crater or that overlapped crater. Hmm. Uh, and they, you can't overlap with the mobile tower, which is this big purple pawn. Uh, that will move based on some construction requirements. Uh, and then craters on the edge of the map are still uh, allowed. So some okay. of them are cut off by the curve of the Earth, or the ma- or the moon. So <laughs> the assumption would be is that that module would continue to wrap around. So you can place on those outer uh, rings. Okay. So that's uh, one way you place a ring. The second way is you can place it on top of two rings. So a large or small ring can be stacked on two rings of any size, as long as it matches the color of one of those two rings. Mm,
1: So you can't put a blue on top of a gold and a silver.
0: Uh, Sort of. There is one exception. But so for small rings, for sure, that ring has to match one of the two below it. Okay. 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 but like if you have two large rings, I can't put a silver or gold on top, blue rings. I couldn't put a silver okay. or gold on top because it didn't match one of the lower two rings. Um, and then those two rings that you stack on have to also be at the same level. So you can't have like a sloping module. And then a large ring can be placed on two rings of opposite colors as long as the large ring being stacked is the third color. So if you have a silver or a gold large rings, you can then add a blue because it's the third of the three colors in which case you create a collabo ring. And when, we'll, when we have a collabo ring, we'll pick up the uh, mobile module and we'll put it inside of that newly placed uh, top. Do you have to say collabo ring? Uh, that wasn't in the rules, but now we do. <laughs> uh, and if the tower can't balance on its own, then we put it back to where it originally (laughs) was. Um, When stacking, there must be visible space between the inner rims of the stacked rings. It can only stack upon two rings. So if you would touch a third or fourth ring, you can't put it there, it can only be stacked on two. And the current ring cannot be placed in such a way that it would end up touching a higher ring previously placed. The ring with the research tower also cannot be stacked upon. Uh, if there are no legal spaces to put a ring, set it aside until the end of the game as they're worth negative points. All right. And then, so that's the second phase. The third phase, we're going to look to see if we can build settlements or resource spaces. So, let's see. I picked gold, right? Mm-hmm. All right. So, I will get all the gold. So, these large hexagons are our settlements. And the small so ones we, we are, are our Yep.
1: Excellent. We're going to destroy some
0: other Yeah, the environment is somewhere else. Mm -hmm. Okay, so uh, at the end, once we've placed all our modules, we're going to look to see if we have any uh, large rings that are on the second level or higher that have no other rings stacked on them. If we do, we get to place a large uh, hexagon, so our settlements, inside of that large ring. Uh, In this case, we can use the stacking helpers, the construction helpers, to help balance them. So if they normally wouldn't And he's balance, pointing
1: to. Yeah, they are little black uh,
0: disks. Yeah. Speaking of okay. which, that's your little score uh, point. Um, and then if you don't get to build a settlement uh, because you don't have any rings that meet the requirements, you get to use one of these smaller hexagons, which are the resource bases. Uh, and you'll get to place one of them on an unoccupied crater, regardless of its size. A crater with a resource center cannot have a ring module built on it, nor can a stacked module touch a resource base. Okay, after the round is complete, the earth token is passed the new first player, and the phases are repeated. At the end of the sixth round, final scoring is completed, so players will gain points for each of the settlements and resource centers, and you'll get two points per settlement and one point per resource center that you've built Um, And then we're going to get some extra points uh, based on where we've built it. So the player that has the research tower inside of one of their rings will get three points. If it's inside of a blue ring, then nobody will get points. Then we're going to see the largest connection of rings, so all of your rings touching, and you'll get uh, two points if you have the most rings connected, and then you'll also get two points if you have the highest ring. If the navy rings qualify for Any of those, then neither player gets points, and the player with the most points is the winner, with the tie going to the player who went second in the first round. Oh. So for tie,
1: I will win. Unlike our tie last night where we just had to share it. Yeah, we
0: just had to share it, which is is the worst. (laughs) Okay, so them's the rules.
1: Let's play.
0: so we just finished up a game of moon base uh to recap bp had 11 resource center points and kiwi uh, won one with 17 settlement points uh and my winning strategy was i tried to not always take my colors mm-hmm. i tried to mix it up i took some silver i took some blue just so i had my choice throughout the whole thing and i feel like that Kind of came to a head when we saw how your turn ended. Mm-hmm. When you only had blue pieces to pick. Mm-hmm. Yeah, geo strategy. Mm,
1: pick my color.
0: Yeah, Um yeah. I feel like I don't know. Yeah, we'll we'll get into it. But I, yeah. Obviously, I don't know how to. Say, I don't know how to say it without going forward. I, I well think, go forward. Uh Yeah, I think that's where some of the strategy comes in. Is the color picking? Is the drafting those rings? Okay. Uh, and then how you place them to try and like get ahead and build up. Right. Yeah. Um, and then trying to build, cause I got a big chunk of points by getting those large ones. Mm-hmm. So I tried to use small ones as like support and build mm-hmm. up, which I think kind of helps you in taking things. But the risk there is like, if I had taken silver rings and put them for a future turn, you could have then taken it. Okay. Uh, theme. What did you think of the theme?
1: you putting rings down on a
0: board. Yeah, there was no theme. This could have been <laughs> underwater, this could have been yeah. anything. There was a dexterity element yes. to it because there is some stacking. Um but yeah. So yeah, there the theme is there's no theme. But I think that's generally from what i've heard and i feel like the games that we've played from japanese designers Mm. that they are very mechanics focused like they want a game that's a game and Uh then they'll put a theme on it afterwards where I think with a lot of like Euro games and other things, mm. sometimes you will get theme first and then go in. But that's like the quintessential. Every time I've heard an interview with a designer, one of the questions is always like, "Do you start start with theme or do you start with mechanics first? Mm. And like some designers really hate that question, but some are like very like, "Oh, I had these ideas of this is the mechanics I wanted, and then I just figured out a theme to put on top of it." Mm-hmm. And I feel like those are usually themes that like they might not necessarily match, or the game is very theme agnostic. Uh, table presence, PP?
1: Um, I mean, it is kind of cool. I mean, the dexterity element does bring that in and it looks different because it is just, um, I feel like I should, we should, uh, post a picture, but they're definitely just a bunch of rings around with this big purple thing in the middle. So it's interesting because it's also pretty different. Uh, but it's not like complicated or
0: yeah i think this gets into like kind of things we've brought up in the in the past is you know we've created something together that we can see it on mm-hmm. the board at the end um i feel like if the theme was a little bit stronger maybe we could have had more cuz a lot of times with games like that where we're building something up mm-hmm. we usually have like silly stories or things mm-hmm. that we talk about where we're going but because this the theme isn't really right. super strong like we didn't really do that during this game uh plus it's so short i feel like There isn't a lot of time to like build up kind of that.
1: Yeah, we finished it under
0: twenty minutes. Yeah.
1: Um. I mean, you could have had like the what was the Dr. Seuss one, the yellow bellied.
0: The uh, the yellow bellied (laughs) snitches, Mm -hmm. um, uh, and welcome to our Dr. Seuss (laughs) fan cast. Okay, so mechanics. um, Yeah, the area majority influence is definitely. This Mm -hmm. is a a different take on that than we're used to we've played games like um i feel like bosk is probably one of our one of our favorite area majority games Mm -hmm. that we've played Um, but i've played some others in the past and like eh, it's a mechanic that's okay Um, i feel like the stacking and trying to be strategic about how you stack to like try and build up to get to those higher levels um does add some interesting takes and it's definitely i think a different take on area majority that we haven't seen before so that was interesting Uh, rules vp how was it learning uh fine yeah the rule book is uh it's like a little fold out um you have to be careful not to grab the japanese one first because it's got the both the japanese uh, and the english uh together Uh, i feel like there's probably some translation uh like some weird phrasing just based on Mm. the translation from japanese to english but um i feel like the game is super abstract enough that that it didn't cause any issues like I've seen in the past with mm-hmm. some translations. Um, so the rule book is okay. Um, I did go in to look for a couple of things, but I feel like it wasn't because we had questions about like, that doesn't make sense. Right. It was more like, oh, I read these and made these show notes a little bit ago. I just want to refresh and make sure that that was correct. So, And for the most part, it was easy to find. I think the only thing that we had questions on was... Can you build rings on top of rings that have settlements? And Mm -hmm. while I did not find a direct phrase in the rulebook that said, hey, you can still build on rings that have large settlements. The example of pictures that they have in the rulebook uh, do have rings stacked on rings with settlements. Yeah. Uh, Player interaction?
1: Uh, I mean, yeah. Like I tried to block you in the last one. Wasn't very successful. Uh, Pretty much it's mostly just take that though.
0: I thought there was gonna be more. Mm. Like with a two put, like a two, uh, two player, again. like yeah. a majority thing. Very majority. Yeah. I thought there was gonna be way more and maybe it's just like the way that we play in the first playthrough. Mm-hmm. Maybe if we played again, uh in like future playthroughs, you know, we would have a better understanding of kind of how it worked. And so mm-hmm. maybe we could plan ahead more. I feel like with the first playthrough not really understanding until you know a couple turns in, like <laughs> oh, I needed to do this, this, and this to build up to get what I'm trying to do. Without that understanding, I feel like. Um, but yeah, you, for a two player game, I was expecting something uh, far more interactive than what we got. Anything else on player interaction? No. Nope. So the quintessential question: uh, Would you play it again? No. Nope. Why is that?
1: <laughs> I don't. Um, it it just. It, it, it wasn't that appealing to me. Um, it was, I mean, it was fun building up the, the, de- the dexterity, the little bit of dexterity there was, was kind of fun watching you try to do it, but they're just, I don't know. It just, there wasn't anything grabbing me and being like, woo, this is going to be fun.
0: Yeah. I, I'm going to go with no as well. I feel like this is a, a little bit of a miss. Um
1: I feel like there's no pattern building. It's not cooperative.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I I think what it is is like the games that we've enjoyed from this company and this designer in the past have been way more dexterity based. Mm. I mean, Crash Octopus, we have an episode on that in the past. And like, I think all three of us with Paxton included had a great time playing Crash Octopus because it's just fun. Like crazy Mm -hmm. stuff happens. And then we played Tokyo Highway at the at the board game cafe mm-hmm. and like, we could see people looking at us cause we were like jumping out of our chairs and yeah. like, moving around the table and like even crash octopus. We were moving around the table here, trying to like get into the perfect shooting lane. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like without that, it was just a little too abstract and without that, like more player interaction, I felt like it was just kind of like, eh, I, I, you know, we have other games I would rather play. So I think this is going to go on the trade list. Okay. Yeah. So that was, uh, Moonbase.
1: So if you have any recommendations of games you'd like to hear our impressions on, especially any dexterity uh, or abstract uh, mechanic type ones, just send them our way. You can do so via email at FirstTurnTabletop at the Gmail or Twitter and Instagram. We are at FirstTurnCast and the podcasting camel as he's getting ready to climb into that rocket to go up to the moon because... You need camels on the moon.
0: Oh, naturally. Naturally. Everything's so heavy there. Right.
1: What? (laughs) Please don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe on all your favorite podcatchers. And we look forward to hearing from you. Play more games.
0: Side of the upper one. Mm -hmm. So then this is a collabo ring. And that only works for large rings. Colabo, colabo ring. ring. Now that we're done goofing the fuck off.